This is Masters in Business with Barry Ritholtz on Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to the podcast this week. I'm Barry Ritholtz, and you're listening to Masters in Business on Bloomberg Radio. This week, I have an old friend in as a guest, Howard Lindzen, who has a storied background in the world of angel and venture investing. I know Howard for a good couple of years, primarily from his time when he was running uh, the StockTwits network, which was the largest financial social network uh, out there, as well as a number of other investments that he's made over the years that I've been familiar with in the technology space. Uh, Howard is a Canadian, so that makes him nicer than most people, but also gives him a slightly different perspective on how things are here in the States. And, and we've seen a number of different Canadians like Howard and Paul Kodrowski and other such folks come down from Canada and just you know have a slightly different perspective, which lets them see things a little bit differently. And I think you'll find this an amusing and interesting conversation with no further ado. Here's my conversation with Howard Lindzen. This is Masters in Business with Barry Ritholtz on Bloomberg Radio. My guest this week is Howard Lindzen, entrepreneur, angel investor, hedge fund manager. What, what else can we add to your curriculum vitae? Uh, married 19 years. Right. Two kids, two dogs. Two kids, two dogs. I get my best ideas from the dogs and the kids. You know, I, I read somewhere that your hobbies are driving your kids around and staying awake. And, and I will save the answer to what that actually means till till later. So let's talk a little bit. But remind uh, me, resume and sleep are two big trends okay. and themes of mine. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your background. You grew up in Canada. And Toronto. Then, Toronto. And then Not moved- Canada. Not <laughs> it's like it's like New York, right? right? It's a we um, don't consider it Canada. Montreal's Canada, right? Uh, Yukon Territories is Canada. So you don't think growing up north of the border impacted the way you view the economy, economic activities, and technology? Good question. I think Toronto's boomed for so long that I don't think we were subject to some of the some of the stuff that probably happened in the United States. Toronto's just been in such a long boom. Maybe it's because they couldn't leverage themselves. Uh, I feel the city's become like an LA without uh, an ocean, so I'm not uh, I'm, a, I'm not bearish on Toronto. I don't like it as much as I used to. And, but I moved away when I was young. I moved to Arizona when I was uh, 19. Right. So, But you still effectively grew up north of the border. Oh, yeah, yeah. I grew up, loved the city. All my friends were there. I uh, grew up in a wealthy neighborhood, so I was lucky. Uh and so maybe I just didn't see uh, the differences as much. You know, we grew up watching CBS affiliates, Buffalo. We saw Buffalo burn during the right. 70s. Everybody was burning down Buffalo, Cheek to Waga, Tonawanda. Those, well, that's where we got our there. news. You know, it's very and, cold uh, in Buffalo. You and the Bills. We were Bills and uh, we were Bills fans. So, so you moved to Arizona. You get an undergraduate degree in Canada, a graduate degree in um, the United States. How did you find your way to angel technology investing? The... Uh, I, came, I came out of a school called Thunderbird right after the Gulf War. One of Who, my, whose logo looks like it's right from well, they're Transformers. They're bankrupt now. So, oh, I are mean, they? I never really cared about – my degree never mattered to me. Now right. it's worthless. Right. The, uh, well, that logo looked – it was right off of the Transformers movie. It was right off the Transformers it's, it's, movie. So the dean was Optimus Prime and and I didn't know they went – Why? how does a school go bankrupt? How mismanaged is their endowment? That well, they, they just – college doesn't have TARP. That's right. how they go bankrupt. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you 
No bailouts for uh... – <laughs> There's no bailout for Howard's graduate school. Listen, it was a dual degree with ASU and Thunderbird, which right. is not uh, – So they don't exist anymore? They're gone? It's a good question. I don't know. Because uh, you could give yourself a doctorate. If they don't I, exist anymore, you could promote yourself. I got to be honest. Is uh, This is a funny story, The but I'll go quickly because there's more important things to talk about. I think I had missed two classes and we were in a fight over whether my degree was there. I waited a couple of years, walked in really dumb and asked for my degree one mm-hmm. time and they gave it to me. There you go. So I do have that degree. But more importantly, I don't know. I think it's still... I, I don't know. I, I you know. I Someone just don't comes know. along. And I know I have you. the most Twitter followers because they invited me to school. I, they never <laughs> liked me, but I got invited. All right, you got a lot of into social. <laughs> and so I got the claim to fame. The dean called me, who's now at George Mason. Who was a really good guy, the president, Angel Cabrera. Uh, not the baseball player. And uh, he called me one day. He goes, oh, we're very interested in social media and you are the man. So uh, I went. So how spoke. did you become the man? How? Let's start first. How did you find your way to angel investing? Yeah, what a what a what an interest. First of all, very. I think a lot of angel investing is uh, first of all passion. Second of all, it's no different than anybody with domain expertise. Uh, little luck, little passion. Um, but that's how do you be successful once you're there? Oh, okay. How do you go from I'm a business major to I have an idea? Why don't I seed a bunch of startups? Well, I only seeded one. I graduated. I was illegal in the states. It was hard to work. I didn't have. It was the Gulf War. Uh, we had. Uh, I was in, in Phoenix. Ninety one. In ninety one, I graduated from school. Uh, the country was at war. Uh, I was. Um, uh, it was a recession. You had Charles Keating. Uh, right. Phoenix was a mess. Uh, SNL crisis was the center of the the mess. And you know, I uh, the only job I could get was as a stockbroker. Uh, for the principal group, which became Epler, Guerin, and Turner, it became many things. Principal it, group now is a giant insurance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, when I was doing, I was cold calling. Uh, it was the only job I could get. They sponsored me, and I cold called this kid, uh, Mark Scatterday, and he had invented a product called the Grip. It was a stress ball. Two two meetings later, I realized he didn't have money, so I wasn't going to get him as a client. But I had invested twenty five grand, hard earned twenty five grand. I went to my dad, said, "Dad, back me. We got, I got this great product." Blah blah blah. He asked for a business plan. I said, "Business plan? This is just what's a home, that? Yeah, this is just a home run product. Come on." And uh, I, unfortunately, I was probably one of the last times I talked to my dad. Uh, so you failed backwards into. Through, through this product into venture investing. Exactly. Product, so this that- product became uh, the Pet Rock. It's in the QVC Hall of Fame. Uh, it was- uh, Giant success. Giant success, $40 million in revenue. Um, really got me going in my hedge fund world because Mark and I had all this cash to manage and the 90s were- Oh boy, what a boom time it was! Sure. Uh, roll up city and uh, in our business, which was the ad specialty business, it became uh, you know I uh, learned about roll ups. I learned about uh, the healthcare industry, Ficor, and all these uh, 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 healthcare roll ups. If if you can remember, and it was a bull market of like of epic proportions in the nineties. It was a low vol bull market, and I thought I knew what I was doing. It was just a good, lucky first. Angel investment, and really the core of that angel investment was, oh my God, this is the best product I had ever felt. Earlier, I used a quote of yours, and I want to repeat it and have you explain it a little bit. You recently said in print, there's never been a better time to build a business in America than today. Explain. Well, I say it every time I get asked. November two, my favorite, my, uh, my the best time I ever said it uh, was in front of a bunch of Canadian Torontonians in two thousand eight after I'd sold Wall Strip, 
and it was the crash. VIX was at 100. I posted a chart of the S&P on the VIX, and I said, what are you people doing watching me? You should be building a business. Uh, that's really when I started plunking down a lot of my money. Uh, but today, I say the same thing. Here's why. Well, let, let me just back up. Wall Strip was one of your earlier yes. investments. It was a satirical... Um, sort of like the Daily Show for Finance, yes. only online. Yes. And three to five minute segments. You had Lindsay. Correct. Um, Lindsay Campbell. We did Lindsay everything Campbell. through Craigslist. She was terrific. Yep. Right. And um, you sold that to CBS for a nice chunk of change. Yeah. We started in six months. I cold called Fred Wilson, who had backed Kramer at thestreet.com. Fred uh, gave me my first 50K, introduced me to a bunch of other VCs. Right. I use the term loosely because they all invested without meeting me. 25 grand, Brad Feld, Mark Pincus. It was a who's who. In, at the, On Maybe Fred's not at the time. So. On Fred's uh, phone call. The funniest being Mark Pincus, who said no at first and said, tell Fred to uh, stop giving up my phone number. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mark went funny. on to start Zynga. Uh, is, but he did invest. been a big success. Yeah, but he did invest, but uh, never really given me any uh, kudos. Uh, Mark's a pretty tough kid. So, but, uh, so uh, by the way, Fred Wilson runs, you got a yeah, little we, background. Hopefully we can on, get him in here. Hopefully we can uh, get him in here. So, so just a little background, Fred runs a venture firm My mentor. My mentor. He started uh, Union Square Ventures. Which has been wildly successful. I would say the best East Coast media VC of all time. Right. And- uh, after he's made people enough money, mm -hmm. at a certain point, he calls up and says, hey, I'm putting some money into this, throw 25 or 50. Yeah. And most people don't even hear. Yeah, he looked at it as an art project. Obviously, right. YouTube had just started. We had uh, chatted on his blog for a long time. I never really needed anything. I was taking ideas from him, term sheets, how to build a term sheet. This was you know, this was my way into the into the truly learning Your the real business. education. Forget yeah, Thunderbird, Bankruptcy, Inc. Nothing. This was Fred Wilson, the school yeah, of Fred this Wilson. Is, this is uh, who's going to pay the Teamsters type stuff. Right. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> so I would cut and paste stuff from their blogs and build term sheets, and I was so grateful. And this is 05. And then in, uh, when I saw YouTube, I said, it's time to disrupt CNBC. Let's build a show, reverse right. it. Uh, Kramer, a female Kramer that knows nothing about the markets. Let's see if we can educate her and teach her about trend following. Fred plunked down. We t put our first show on online. It was really funny. The Apple show was the original show. It was like Let's get Long Apple. Uh, obviously, at, continue about, to be Long Apple. About probably about twenty bucks. Dollars. Probably about twenty bucks. Counted for split, oh no, split now with splits, it's probably oh, like, it's like six bucks, bucks five yeah. six bucks. Right. So home run idea. We covered Nike next, Chipotle's uh, companies that I felt uh, the idea was uh, stocks making all time highs that I felt were in trends that were everlasting. Obviously, with. Uh, Not quite know, everlasting, but long-lasting. Long-lasting. Well, everlasting themes, but right. uh, the point is, yeah, trying to find companies that you don't have to day trade. So uh, uh, we raised uh, 600 grand, sold to CBS for $5 million. Not uh, a bad return, right? In six months, no. Right. So I became ten, a little bit for, of a- Almost 10X in six times, not Became a, a little bit of a celebrity. So that was kind of the fun little interlude. Right. Uh, to started parlaying that money into angel investing. The comment, there's never been a Got better it. time to, to build the here's business. What, here's, here's what I say. Uh, go ahead. In 1980, when I started a company, it was you had to spend three grand on a box, just a box to get a telephone in your room. You had to sign a, a rent with your name on it. You had, a, um, you, had a, you had to buy PCs for four or five grand. Uh, it was just ridiculous. Today right? you could do impossible. all that for next to nothing. Today you do it at Starbucks with a laptop that, you, that your parents bought for you. 1100 bucks. Yeah. Now anybody can start a product. The other thing is, number one, 
way to get into business by yourself is start a franchise, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so so even today, uh, to toot uh, one of my portfolio companies, we you know with Lending Club going public and On Deck Capital going public, now we're going to see the verticalization of these platforms for getting money. I invest in a company called Apple Pie Capital, which helps franchisees uh, crowdsource money to open their first. Uh, franchise operations. So the franchisors are now, because the banks aren't lending, uh, going on these platforms, this one being Apple Pie Capital. Like, the, like a Kickstarter for angel Kickstarter, investing. but in a very... Specific pre- niche of franchisees. Yeah, so which is the number one open, business in America. It's the it's the, it's the the pulse of America franchise. If I want to open a McDonald's or a Chipotle I'm not saying McDonald's because we're not doing business with them yet, but companies in the Midwest, whether they're like this big jewelry franchise or a pizza gotcha. franchise, where it's a proven franchise, if you follow the instructions, you can make... Money, make money, right? It'll work. Uh, and they can't, the banks can't fund them. So now, uh, you know, that's a great yield type play for institutions so, to go put 200000 across a diversified portfolio of franchises. So when I say never been a better time to start a business, you can go start a franchise company right now, a business. You can go start, uh, you can go get a job anywhere. You got Craigslist, LinkedIn. Uh, there's no excuse not to be able to just show up at a company and just uh, so prove yourself. Skills, put them to work. Yeah. Uh, you can go you, learn to code for 13 grand at one of these private schools in New build York. Build an app, build a game, build Yeah, I'm not saying you got to go build something because there's a lot more skills in marketing and sales and getting your first customers and figuring out all the to-do, but you can so go get these skills just, for free. You can go more, get these skills for basically free. It's more than just the basic technology. It's yeah. everything that surrounds coming up with an idea, making it sellable, Mm-hmm. And then doing everything surrounding it beyond the technology. Yeah, and you can do this while you have a job. So, I mean, you know, I always recommend people uh, don't take the leap until you really are committed to being an entrepreneur. A lot of people call themselves entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I think we're at a stage where uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. There's these people that, you know, have a job. They think they have another business. You don't have a business until you're doing it full time. Right. Uh, you're not committed. Uh, no real investor is going to give you money if you haven't taken the leap away from, or at least guys like me aren't. But, um, you know, it's never been a better time to take that leap. You got there's all so these much things that to used do to research. Be, all these things that used to be behind the institutional really wall cheap. are now there. Uh, your phone is uh, forty bucks a month, eighty bucks a month. Uh, that is your 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 business. You've got Relate IQ. You can go build a CRM product. You go use a CRM product on your own. Start your business. Gmail, uh, Relate IQ. Uh, that sounds you're in like that sounds like it's all very straightforward stuff. Not a lot of out of pocket costs. One of the things I wanted to talk specifically about today, you know, we always hear about the the idea. Here's a world-changing idea. But as an investor in startups, I, w- I want to throw five bullets out and you tell me what's important, what's less important, what's not important. Go the ahead. founders, the idea, the technology, the business model, or the valuation. What do those things matter most? Can I see them again? Sure. So I would throw out a technology. It doesn't matter. Not important. Well, I don't think so. So Uber, Uh, the tech behind Uber, not significant? Uber doesn't work unless there was Google Maps. Yeah, that's true. So theoretically- It's not even their technology. Well, it is, but I mean, you got to blend it with- Google Maps. Where would Uber show up? They wouldn't know where to show up. So, uh, you know, I could talk about that with all the things that I do, you know, a mashing just like uh-huh. Steve Jobs. So I think to me, domain expertise in the founders matter. You know, I'm 49 years old. I'm not writing checks like a spry chicken anymore, the right. spray and pray. I'm looking for founders with domain expertise because you're going to have to get, you're going to get hit over the head. There's going to be false starts. There's going to be all kinds of issues. Uh, I think we're, 
you know, uh, Silicon Valley's been uh, fanatical about these young kids. I think as the market boom matures, uh, you know, having some domain experience matters. So founders matter. The idea obviously matters because with the founders, they have to have passion around the idea and some knowledge around the idea. So um, I would say founders first, uh, value, technology last, valuation second last. Because if the founders are great, the market idea is great, and the idea is great, you're not going to have that much choice over what the valuation is. My biggest mistakes so far have been passing based on valuation. Such as? Twitter, Zynga. Twitter. Uh, Twitter at 20 million valuation in 2008 <laughs> seemed crazy. Ouch. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, luckily, I am an investor uh, through Bitly and TweetDeck and many other companies uh, in that system. Betaworks, didn't Twitter Betaworks, buy something? Beta, that... They bought, they bought uh, Samize, which was uh, the search engine of Twitter. So luckily, I ended up with a lot of Twitter shares. And then they at, bought at TweetDeck. At a very low price. At the same valuation. And then I basically uh, TweetDeck as well same thing so i backed into a lot of twitter shares but and and twitter inspired me to start stock twits which uh, is now like you said the largest social network for traders so founders idea um business model matters i think as we get late in the boom you gotta have a thought about how you're gonna do business so you now just hinted at my next question uh -huh. as we get late but technology in the boom, lasts and valuation lasts second to last yeah. so so here's the other question uh, so is the startup market frothy? We've been hearing for yes. five years. Ah, oh, Silicon Valley. It's a bubble. It's this. Is it frothy? Does it? Is it always? Is this abnormal? Tell us the state of technology investing in 2015. Well, like I said, I don't think there's enough entrepreneurs. There's enough, there's cash has become a commodity. Uh, platforms to invest, whether it's AngelList or Kickstarter or Apple Pie Capital or Lending Club, have become a helped cash become a commodity. Interest rates at zero are forcing people to invest. So that's where. The bubble is. The bubble is in the commodity of cash. I mean, so we're such a bubble in cash that they've created another one, Bitcoin. Ca so, capital isn't as valuable as it once was because there's so much there's of it. There's so much of it and yields are so low. So don't kid yourself. What we are shortage of are great entrepreneurs with domain experience. Who knows anything about But you go back a kid to, to do a blockchain or a Bitcoin thing. They may know a little bit about tech. They know nothing about uh, how the regulations work and the industry works. So there's a huge disconnect there. Uh, the second disconnect is, you know, there's a lot of great ideas. But good luck finding an entrepreneur that can execute t soup to nuts on that, including myself. It's very mm -hmm. hard to do that. I haven't turned out to be able to do everything I wanted with stock twits because there's a lot of moving parts to how all these things work and timing it and raising the right capital, right. et cetera. It's a very subtle thing to be a great entrepreneur. And so uh, I'm biased in the sense that my big wins have come from great entrepreneurs. So have, when, so when we look at when we look at the issue of of a bubble, is this just too much cash chasing too few entrepreneurs? Or do you think this is a full-blown bubble that ends the way 2000 ended? And no, this is not a. I mean, let's 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 really look at this market. And I see crashes in oil. I see crashes in currencies. I see crashes in Russia. And I say, well, you know, the bubbles have never been like this, where the S and P continues to rise through it and rates continue to decline. So what are I would you talking say about? we're down almost four percent from the peak. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> of the S and P when like I think of bubble. I think what we have <laughs> a bubble in. Uh, is this idea of being an entrepreneur, and that's dangerous. So it's it's not it's you know similar I, to the 1990s when everybody said, "Hey, I could be a day trader." I, similar, exactly similar to when people thought they could be a day trader. Everybody thinks they can start a company, and I'm saying if you have a good job, 
Don't kiss a goodbye so quickly. And if you don't have a good job, absolutely start looking to build your uh, network. Uh, I mean, now anybody can build their network. My fund is called Social Leverage. The whole premise based on financial leverage was a bubble. That was the last true bubble. And that ended in 2008. And we still are paying the, cr- the price for that. But Social Leverage is a brand new boom. And that's people using the networks, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook, to accelerate themselves, kind of like the Peloton, to accelerate themselves through learning curves, mentorship, what I did with Fred and Brad and term sheets and what you can do on StockTwits and Twitter now to accelerate yourself. I want to talk a little bit about some of the lessons learned from investing. You mentioned earlier you passed on Twitter. That's a a giant miss. You ended up backdooring into a lot of Twitter shares. But how does one deal with hey, this is a good investment and it turns out not to be, or this is a bad investment, it turns out to be great. What do you learn from that process? What do you take away from that? Oh, you know, that's the number one question, I guess. Uh, if you're going to call me a master in business, it would be because it goes down to the basics, right? You can learn all this stuff in textbooks. Um and I have a kids 15 and 17, and I wonder if I want them even going to business school because it really comes down to pie, right? How do you slice the pie? And then it comes down to foundation. How do you structure the company, you know, at the beginning? Because the mistakes you make at the beginning over those simple things of understanding how you're splitting up a pie and what you really own, uh, the type of shares you own, the type of shares everybody else owns, and the way you structure the company, meaning if then, then that, if this, then that. You have to assume you've been through this. You have to assume uh, you're going to fight with your partners mathematically. You have to assume uh, you're going to be back looking at this cap table you know, all the time. I just had a call this weekend on that exact subject, and I remember saying to somebody, Dude, you're doing this 20 years. You haven't figured out the cap structure is significant. Is the thing. It, it, it was It drives it was all stunning. the pain. It drives all the yeah. pain. You know, I've made so many mistakes. Meaning the capitalization structure, who owns what shares, who owns what, what why they shares. own it, what happens when you fight, all those basics. You're talking, if we're talking masters of business, learn that. Understand what you own. Always goes back to understanding what you own. We buy public stocks. I look at public stocks as I don't. I think I'm the. It's the worst piece of paper you could possibly own in a company. You're disadvantaged as a shareholder. Yeah. So I prefer to own the most high momentum, high P things because they're liquid and I can change my mind. But I'm betting on catalysts, which are uh, products and not people. I'm betting on products and themes at the in public companies. In public companies, the earliest stage, I am trying to control the cap table and make sure everybody understands. Because my job as a maestro of all this is making sure the founders have structured themselves right. Uh, do they get along? Are they going to get along? Uh, how does the cap table look? What are my rights? What are my investor rights? Uh, because those are the mistakes that I've made the most. Do I have follow-on rights? Do uh, What happens if a founder hates another founder? Let me, uh, let me interrupt you right here. You said yes, – do you learn more from your failures oh, or your successes? You don't learn from winning. Uh, the grip, you don't. The grip, my squeeze ball company, I didn't learn a damn thing. We were smoking cigars, buying cars at lunch. Orders <laughs> were coming in over the fax machine. There were 90% gross margins. You don't learn from having 90% gross margins. You learn from having 10% gross margins and going, what the hell am I doing with 10% gross margins? Shut this business down. Uh, so uh, I can say that all my growth has come from failure. Uh, it's painful. I don't recommend it. I don't think you have to have failure. I mean, the grip was the grip. I should have just retired and and done nothing. But. What what <laughs> what are then we wouldn't be having this conversation. So, mm-hmm. what are your biggest failures, and what were the lessons from those? 
the biggest failures I have, is, and you can get specific. You can yeah, say, I mean, uh, it's just putting myself in business with the wrong people and mm-hmm. not really understanding the business that I myself was involved in. I was in a brokerage business in uh, the late '90s. I thought it was a great idea as a hedge fund guy to own my brokerage to cut my commissions. Right. Uh, I got myself in bed with a, a Nasdaq guy who I thought uh, was the right guy to be in business with. And uh, let me just tell you, I didn't understand what a broker-dealer really, how much trouble you could get yourself into at a broker-dealer. For sure. Long, long story short, he was putting uh, winning accounts in his personal account and and bad and bad winning trades in his personal account, bad trades in the air account. Oh, how do you, that's... It was impossible to discover. Fantastic. Bear Stearns never uh, called him out on this and then he ran up a $6 million error account. I would say that was the low $6 point. $6 million error yeah, I mean, account. And, you know, by the way, covered most by arbitration, accounts... so I couldn't even really win and then... 9-11 happens, of course. And Most FBI, air accounts are a few thousand dollars. Oh, 25 we, grand max. In right. We bought, we bought a, a little too much of this and yes. it moved against I, us. A client argues about the price and you All right, you, here, you we'll unwind it. it. Right. It's Six you. million That's dollars. insane. It was insane. It was the worst Had to be drummed out life. of the business by now. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he get $40,000 fine, still works at a hedge fund. Criminal, you know, the SEC is so broken. The NESDA would refuse to do Cuban. business with you them. You and Mark Cuban saying refuse the exact same thing. to trust them. When we started Stock Twits, uh, we went at a disadvantage because I said, you know what? I don't want to be a broker dealer. You know, I could probably build a big business if I was actually in charge right. of the trades. But you know, I've just tried to figure out how to do business without even uh, getting myself involved with Finra, NASD, and the NASD. Uh, they're sloppy. Uh, they don't work for the people that matter. Uh, they work for the wealth, and they work for the wealthy. It's just broken, you know. Uh, Silicon Valley you know, has struggled with in- disrupting right. this this industry right. because they don't. Google doesn't even want to be involved. The right. one industry Google doesn't really want to put it, get money. himself involved in is money. Uh, and, <laughs> and think about how silly that is. Google's the smartest people in the world. All right. they do is feed brains, and they go, you know what? Let's avoid the NASD, SEC, and Finra because you know what? They they're wild cards. Right. They're the worst part of the government. That that's really fascinating. You, I know you. Listen, friendly, I, personally, I don't know these people. I've I know, into, I know you're friendly with Mark Cuban. When we did yeah, the very. interview with Mark, you're basically quoting from his playbook. He went off on a on a jihad for ten well, minutes. Well, he has more reason. Than uh, right. I was involved with the sociopath criminal. Uh, they didn't mean no wrong. The Finra and NASD. I, like an idiot, take full responsibility for not understanding what I was doing. I wasn't a criminal. I was involved with the criminal. So this is so the he lesson. has a different reason. I just look at it as like Google. Right. The greatest company we've ever seen. <laughs> refuses to challenge Bloomberg or the or NASDAQ or CME. They're market makers. They're the biggest right. market maker in the world. Nah, I don't think with the SEC and FINRA. We don't want to be, we don't want to go there. That that's, is how I would decide. That's that, that the is. difference between East Coast and West Coast. Yes, it's and that's why and, NASDAQ, that story, that's why Silicon Valley, but it's coming, man. It is coming. And by the way, there's end arounds with Bitcoin and the blockchain. Uh, Google's an investor with me in Robinhood and many financial startups now. They're getting so big. Such as, what sort of financial startups? Uh, data which is kind of like a, uh, which I'm an investor Big data in as company? Well. No, no, no. It's just a way to organize private company information. So it's kind of like a NASDAQ for private companies. That's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, They're involved in Robinhood with me, which is a broker dealer, a mobile broker dealer. I call it the Uber of trading, which is my favorite startup at the moment. They are involved in Lending Club. They're involved in Uber. They are involved in uh, so many financial startups that you don't know, and uh, Uber be- and Lending Club being two of the biggest ones. So they're backdooring into this space. They're they're buying their time patiently, 
And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting next 10, 15 years in finance. I'm so, very bullish on fintech. So so let's talk. So there's fintech. Let's talk about a couple of other technologies. Yes, sir. Wearables. You mentioned Bitcoin, nanogenomics, biotech. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What what space coming down the road is, is really exciting beyond fintech? Well, they talk about big data and fintech. I think that's a bit of a baloney um, maneuver. I think Bloomberg's got a great handle on big data and markets. I think big data as it applies to genetics is obviously important Huge. to cloud computing. So so all this technology applied to – you're seeing the biotechs. Nobody understands them. Nobody owns them. Right, it's been a five-year bull run. They were oh, in a ten-year no, bear market. Someone Nobody has to really own. They've had a huge no, run. No, I understand. Over but when people really start owning these things, right, they're still not talked about. Like on CNBC, yeah, that's CNBC true. CNBC still shutters on Fannie Mae, Citibank, right? Uh, old analysts, Tesla, and, Tesla, and, and that sort of stuff. Google, Apple. When was the last time they really dug in for months on biotech? It's coming. I'm not. That's a bubble. That's the closest we have to a bubble. Is what? Is biotech. But at oh, the same really? time- But nobody's talking about biotech. Right. And but I'm saying they can double during that last phase. Right. But they've, you know, they've definitely had a great run you know, since 08. You know, they've the, been the leader since the bottom of 08. The, the amazing thing about biotech is any one of these companies can easily put out a billion dollar product yeah. if it hits. And the traditional way of, of putting out a new Drug mm-hmm. is you're spending three, four, five hundred million dollars in R and D and but testing. But not anymore. And, they don't have to. No, you don't have to. And and, and so you buy the one of these startups. First trillion dollar company could come from biotech. You know, everybody's yeah. focused on Apple and Google. But let's face it, uh, it could come from a biotech company, someone who can uh, help us live to a hundred, a heart company, uh, you know, a global company that solves, you know, helps me live ten years longer. Uh, is could be a trillion dollar company. How far off are we to a cure? Not for cancer with a, uh, a capital C, but your cancer that we take your genomic reading and identify exactly what we need to do to kill your specific runaway cells that are unique to you. Well, I mean, you and that I is not- You and I are, well, you're 50, I'm 50? Yeah, I'm a little older than yeah, you. Yeah, so we're screwed. Uh, but our kids may live till they're 100 very easily. And that goes to why I'm investing in fintech. My kids' generation doesn't like, what, what's retirement? Yeah. I have a mobile phone. I have they, Netflix. Gonna, I have Uber. I'm going to live till I'm 100. Uh, you're the idiots. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is why you have to rethink how things are done. We have this long Schwab generation, which I'm bullish on Schwab, but and I own the stock, but they don't understand how to think like a 15-year-old whose whole life is on a phone. Right. Uh, every message disappears in Snapchat. Every car is on demand. They can get it. Why do I have to buy a car? I use my phone. A car shows up 30 and seconds later. And then Netflix later. for all my content. That is my life. And my iPhone or my droid. So uh, if you think you can understand what's going through a millennial's head, you're just lying to yourself. Right. And that's you're the clueless. beautiful opportunity. I've been speaking with Howard Lindzen of Social Leverage. He's an angel investor and venture capitalist. If you enjoy this conversation, be sure and check out our podcast extras where we continue speaking at great length about these and other subjects. You can also check out the entire archive of past podcasts. You can find that at Bloomberg.com or on Apple iTunes. Be sure and follow me on Twitter at Ritholtz. Check out my daily blog at Ritholtz.com or read my daily column on BloombergView.com. I'm Barry Ritholtz. You're listening to Masters in Business on Bloomberg Radio. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm Barry Ritholtz, and you're listening to Masters in Business on Bloomberg Radio. 
This is my favorite part where I don't have to worry about reminding you uh, that there are no commercials or anything else. My guest is an old friend today, Howard Lindzen. I have all you these notes. You can call me Howie. You can call me Howie. How weird. How weird. How weird. So I know Howie for a long time. Um, what is it about people like you and Kudrowski coming down here from Canada trying to eat our lunch here in the States? What, well, what he, is- he truly is. He's from Vancouver. That's Canada. Right. As opposed to Toronto, which is merely a situated across the, the border. United States. Right. It's the it's the fifty first state, is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean Paul is an academic. Right. And a good investor and a smart cookie. Um I think I think we're explorers, right? Anybody who explores uh is not gonna choose the Yukon, they're gonna choose California. So a Canadian explorers prefer to come south. People mm-hmm. Better weather, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, more, more. You're not just doing oil and timber and and minerals. I was the one guy from my friends that just just wanted to come to the states. I I love the desert. I moved to Arizona, and now I love the beach. I think America, as a Canadian in America, <clears throat> I look at politics and it disappoints me because we have so much good that we could do, and I, I just you know it's been so good to me living in America with the size of a market. Uh, it's always disappointing to see the negative news. I don't watch TV anymore because it's impossible to to gauge the negativity. It's just negative twenty four seven. Can I can even... I tell you I I haven't watched live TV. To be fair, my wife flips on um, CBS to get the weather in the morning, and when I'm sitting at my desk at four thirty, writing the morning commentary. But other than that. We never watch live TV. The greatest I don't even watch sports I, I, there's live. No way Everything an investor is DVR. Could tell me that they watch TV. Right. Any they, of the top investors. If they're watching TV, I'd be shocked. It, it's either something that I wanted to see that I DVR'd Absolutely. or something that I specifically hunted. By the way, I, so I've used Apple TV. I heard it's good. Everything on Apple TV is it's Netflix plus everything else. Yeah. But where I live up in the woods, we have Dish instead of cable, mm-hmm. and now Dish has Netflix built into their. No, box. you're lucky. I'm stuck on Time Warner for the moment. I, th- I don't think there's a worse. You can move in to America. Dish if you want. You can yeah, move to I'm Satellite sure if you I, want. I, it's like it's like Wells Fargo. I, try, I, I cannot believe what they put me through yesterday with fraud. You know, I'm in New York trying to spend money at Lululemon. Right. And they've decided my card is stolen. Right. Um, Despite you purchasing a plane ticket to come to New York. <clears throat> to New York. Right, so you would think there's. They're, 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 you talk about big data. These that's dumb can't data. Do small data. No, right. they can't do small data. Like pick up the phone. They have my cell number. Call me. Right. Uh, and then I give Wells Fargo uh, my name, my social, uh, my shoe size, and they ask for my. Uh, on, they ask for my internet. What's your pin? Online. Yeah, some number. How the hell would I know? I don't so know. I'm my... Driving in a car, trying to spend money right. at Lulu with your credit card. Can I get right. my money? Uh, no. Can so, I tell you I mean, what I found you very ask effective? Me if the systems are broken. This is what makes me bullish. So I so, will never. I will do everything I can to talk badly about Wells Fargo in 2015 so, with TARP money, right? Holding me, I earn hostage. zero interest, holding me hostage while I try, try and spend money in the economy. So Would so we, should, you know what I'm saying? So I we mean, have two separate in our household. I can't even file them. In our household, we have two separate um, J.P. Morgan Chase accounts. Mm-hmm. The first one began as the dime, which was bought by Chemical, which was bought sure. by Manny Hav, and it ultimately ended up in J.P. Morgan. The second was Washington Mutual, which in the middle of the financial collapse, the FDIC auctioned off to J.P. Morgan. So now all of our accounts are J.P. Morgan, and we we know that we're going to get this headache. So anytime we travel abroad, we go to Chase and we say, look, we're going to be in this country or this island. 
and this isn't fraud. It's us. Hi, here's our ID. It's us. So expect from the 5th to the 10th or the, whatever it is, the 1st to the 8th, we're going to be sitting on a beach and here's the hotel and don't be surprised when you get things. <clears throat> so what happens? We go to the hotel, we give them the card. Immediately, what bounces back is, yeah. um, you have to contact the bank. They have yes, a problem. I did this previously. So now what I've started doing is when that happens, I pull out the Amex and then when I don't get the transaction through um, Chase, I then call him up and say, hey, I just want to let you know we dropped 10 grand on Amex because you idiots, despite me <laughs> saying I'm going to be on, I'm going to be in this island at this date and here's the hotel, you still kick the charge back embarrassing me at the desk <clears throat> and the Amex went right through. Well, they're not embarrassing you because now that happens to everybody. But, but it's annoying. You're annoying me if not embarrassing friction. me. It's friction. And here's right. what happens. I get, meanwhile, I'm, I tweet, I hate Wells Fargo. What do I get today? A DM or a, a question from Wells Fargo. Pick right. up the freaking phone. Oh no, that's call great. Me. No, no, you call should me. take now advantage. Now they're twittering of me. So let me tell what am you, I, de- I don't want to talk to them ever again. They're done. So one of the so, great advantages of working hard in this country and getting lucky a few times is we're in this age where everything's robo. Oh, you got to cut fees. You got to cut fees. I right. say the number one thing you should pay for is financial advice and for I mean, obviously, you got to find the right financial advice and for services. Yeah, but we're biased and, and, when and we fi- say that. I, I just we get paid believe. for financial. The greatest advice. gift I've ever had is having a, a more uh, uh, um, high. Net worth Morgan Stanley account. I pick up the phone. Yeah. I need a wire done. It's done. Okay. I don't care what they're charging me. I just, just want, it done. want it done professionally on time, on demand. I want my trades done on demand. I want I want to talk to somebody. I don't want to but yell at anybody. But that's a premium anybody. service. I for, but for it's a, one of the benefits of, of, of working hard. That, and I that love is, it. I that, love so it. the my difference Morgan between person, the robo-advisors and the other RoboAdvisor is geared to be very inexpensive. In my office, Liftoff, we set up a RoboAdvisor right, know, because cool. we have clients that, and we have potential but clients that don't you. want to but pay. They can still no, call they, you. not if they're paying. You but know, they still think they can call you, and I and I believe in it at many levels. I'm just saying, one of the greatest gifts we and we cannot just banks far enough. We have have you bank. called Amazon to have? No, you can't. That's part of the reason it's so inexpensive. No, I understand. You know, understand. pick up the phone and call PayPal to complain about a mistake. It ain't gonna happen. That's why yeah. it's so the cheap. The biggest change coming is fintech. Wells Fargo, all these banks, they got their free pass in two thousand eight. They maybe they've been unfairly punished uh, in fines. Uh, the the interesting thing about the fines is it's it's been a distraction for the banks, and so as much as they've had the cash to pay these things, they uh, the gremlins are loose. Uh, whether it's uh, payments or whether it's now transfer wise, just raise money, uh, so you can do uh, wires intercountry without the money ever crossing border. <clears throat> Genius, a uh, friend of mine, investor Roger Emberg, or whether it's Robinhood or whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's just. Uh, Apple Pay, which still is not quite there because the banks are still involved, right? So I refuse to use it. Well, but Apple has all these credit cards. On very file. disappointed not with Apple Pay because it could have been. It's bigger. exactly what. Yeah, but I, I want them to have to a be. bank. Yeah, I understand. They but don't it want doesn't to do mean that. anything to me. Right. Well, they need to do it, and that's why I said about the banking. Google and Apple still have refused don't want to, to take that. That's not what step. they do. That's not what they're interested. in. I understand, in. but there's got to be another. There's got to be something better than seeing the Chase logo. I don't want them to see a nickel of my money. I don't trust them. They don't pay me. 
Uh, they, they waste money on real estate and services that I don't want. So you effectively invented the cash tag on, yes. on Twitter. Thank you. Yes. It's called the hashtag. No, it's called it, the cash tag. They've, they have now stolen that idea right. and called it the cash tag. It hasn't hurt us. We've been growing really fast. But, uh, you know, it was not something that we felt that we could patent. Or, dollar sign in front of a symbol and now you access everything about it. I felt was a language that... Uh, when Twitter started, I was inspired to start, to start stock twits. I called Fred Wilson. I said, Fred, what do you think? He goes, this is genius, but I can't invest because I foresee this is where Fred's genius comes in. He could see the future and say, you know, I'm going to be in a board meeting at Twitter and they're going to be like, you know, I just don't want to, I foresee right. a problem. So he passed, but also was very bullish on the idea. Twitter didn't think it was interesting. Uh, so we started, you know. Using and tweets. it's a couple hundred thousand people, right? It's a it, lot yeah, of half a million people, a hundred thousand regular lunatics every month logged right. in doing the digging. Like, really, our right. trending tickers really mean something because ninety-one percent of our messages today are on just stock tweets. They don't see the light of day on Twitter. Sixty-one percent of our messages on a daily basis now have the cash tag. So there's really a lot of intent on stock tweets. You know, may you may uh, not like day trading, but the traders are the market makers. They're the ones that talk mm -hmm. about what's important. So our job is to surface that stuff. But let's get to some questions on stuff that we um, we missed earlier. Um, I'm going to throw some stuff at you, and I feel free to go as long or short as you want on any of these. Mm -hmm. So we briefly touched on this, but we didn't spend a lot of time on it. What are some of the similarities and differences between startup investing and buying regular stocks? Yeah, one of my favorite subjects. So start the complete opposite, uh, the way I look at it. You know, I, I think I, I dropped earlier that if if I'm looking at stock, I assume my paper is the worst paper in the world. I wipe my butt with it. Uh, I don't want the paper. I don't want. To, I don't want the certs. Uh, I just assume everything's corrupt. So when I buy a stock, I think the world's against me. Mm -hmm. First of all, I don't care about the information that I'm getting. I have a catalyst in mind. Uh, I look at price and volume characteristics of stocks. I like to buy stocks that are at or near all-time highs or five-year highs. Uh, which a, means that frowned upon the word momentum is which, which means with. that which means when we're in a correction or recession during the, I get, you, you're I just get hurt not early. buying anything. Well, and I get hurt at the end of a run, and uh, I take my lumps at the end of a run. But you're missing that whole down down. Run. I hope if I'm doing my job right, I'm missing the whole most thing. of it anyway. Yeah. And 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 in markets like this, it's been difficult because last February I got stopped out of a lot of things. You had, and what, an 8% pullback in yeah, last year? Yeah, and I haven't really found a good, my portfolio, I haven't found, you know, I've had occasional wins, but it's been choppy right. and whatever. So, I, so you I've want a trending it. market, not a range-bound sideways. Yeah. yeah. Two steps forward, one step back, everybody gets panicked. Yeah, I mean, cash is not a dirty word to me. Uh, right. My investors have known me a long time, and I'm patient, and I'm busy. So, like, I like easy markets, and I don't think we're in an easy market right now. This is right no now. longer an easy. The low well, it's fruit. been an easy market for bond people because it's been trending for 20 years, but 30. I'm not a bond guy, so right. I've missed that. I've, I definitely have missed biotech. I mean, I don't understand the catalysts, and I don't understand the valuations, and I don't use the products, and I'm too I'll old to learn them. I'll explain it to them. you off, off air. It's, so, it's really, I mean, yeah. Simple can only thing. be an expertise in a few things. So right. for stocks, I like to keep it simple. I like to understand the catalyst. For me, Nike's been a huge winner. Uh, uh, for me, Apple and Google have been huge winners. There's been deep corrections along the way, but I've stuck with them and won. Um, in the private market, is completely different. Private market, all I care about, uh, rightly or wrongly, is the team and the management and uh, the valuation, even though valuation, I said earlier, sometimes isn't important. To me, it matters because I can't get out. Right. I mean, I'm going to be in this is thing for seven years. Is it valuation or exit? Is that really? It's a, a combination of both. But in the public markets, I want to pay, I want the most liquid securities, 
right? I want to see, and, and, and that matters to me. I don't care about devaluation. I care about, can I get out? In the private markets, I care, I know I can't get out. So what matters to me is, is this management team willing to get hit in the head for six or seven years? Because that's what it takes. You know, now that I've been doing this for 15, mm -hmm. 16 years, to mogul an example being like- it Closer took, to 20. I don't know about 20. I don't know if I want to be in companies that take 20 years. No, no, you, you've been doing this close yeah, to yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah, But I mean, I've been in deals now and I have, it's like investing in horses or investing in seeds, right? You have to continually invest in crops to make money. Right, because there's going to be wipeouts. There's going to be a year of bad, a group of bad investors. There's going to be a group where everybody got the technology wrong, and you know, so you have to continually place bets, and that's different. You're than building the stock a ladder, market. building an angel investing ladder. I call it a ladder, or I call it uh, crops. You know, you can't be biased, right? When my investors give me money, it should be for three or four funds. It shouldn't be for one fund because then they're cherry picking. Cause me. they're all out of phase and they're all, yeah, they're cherry picking times. and technology changes. So, uh, you know, the social wave has passed. What's the new wave? You know, I'm not so much doing hardware or wearables, um, but I'm more focused on fintech. Okay, and I'm learning quickly that I've evolved from social to fintech, and even and which Stocktwits is a, is a social, social fintech. anyway, right? No, but it's a much smaller niche, right? You know, it's you're not going to get billion dollar companies in niches, so you have to accordingly adjust your expectations and the valuations and all that stuff according to the niche that you're in. But I think we're in an era of the mega niche, where mega you know, niche, yeah, where in China. Uh, WeChat dominates, Twitter doesn't dominate, or Facebook doesn't dominate, and the rest of the world, Facebook dominates, Twitter dominates in certain other areas, LinkedIn dominates, but <clears throat> now we get into the air where with all those networks proliferating, now you got to focus on drilling deep. You Let's know? talk about LinkedIn a second. Yeah, they're the, I think they're the best of the- of, of The business networks. Yeah. Because I, I find that LinkedIn, for me personally, now obviously- You're not hiring. What we have hired from okay. LinkedIn. Okay. But the problem is the other 11 months when we're not putting out a request yeah. for we need a new CFP. The or uh, the, the other 11 months, people are just burying me with resumes that I have no interest in. Okay. Hi, can can you uh, be in my network? No. Well, that person no, who doesn't to. listen to you and say you're not – when you're not using a network and people are still hitting you over the head, they're not using the network properly. Right. So they're probably not But qualified. isn't that endemic to LinkedIn and many other networks? Sure. It's not – but that's the mistake that people make. They they right. make fun of LinkedIn because of that, but they're not understanding that really it's really uh, uh, the other way scenario. The companies that are hiring are using it like crazy. We loving love. It. Can I tell you something? So you have every to, time we've made a major hire, all of our hires have come from LinkedIn. Yeah. And if you're you a know, growth well, company, that's what you live on. Yeah, no, it's terrific. The, the problem is. So uh, the the nice thing is when you people say- People don't know how to use social. Some right. people will walk up to you on the street and like uh, immediately accost you. Do they know social? No, right. they're idiots. So right. there's idiots out there. Like you, people you don't know how to use the tools. You mentioned Wells tool. Fargo. Uh, yeah, they're DMing me when they could have just called me. Well, they can't DM you. You're not following well, them. Well, not so DM me, but they're now publicly embarrassing themselves. Every, I don't even want to deal with them. Every now and again, I will be- So I take the same train ride back and forth to work every day. And on my little Verizon uh, modem, which I plug into my laptop, which is fantastic because I get, basically, I could leave an hour early because I'm working on the train. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the way home, on the way in. If I want to come in later, I'm, I'm at work at wherever I am with the laptop. Sure. And every there's a couple of dead spots. You would think in New York City, perhaps not Manhattan proper, but within the border of New York City, my data service should be flawless. I know we're not Singapore or other countries that have 
a good infrastructure. But so every now and then I just get so frustrated and I'll tweet about how angry I am about how terrible Verizon Wireless is. The last time I did it, AT&T Wireless comes at me. If you're not happy with- will do the same thing. So so I turned around, I responded back to them. I go, no, no, I'm with Verizon Wireless because you guys are so awful. I went to that. <laughs> They're the tallest midget yeah. in the room. Yeah. They're the best, it, it, but only because the rest of okay. you are so awful. But if these companies knew, and by the way, I've made a lot of money in in my private investing along customer support. So I, one of my other well, themes- What sort of companies? Well, my other theme was customer support when social came along. I thought Twitter would be a great customer service. So we invested in Buddy Media- uh, which got bought by Salesforce right. for eight hundred million. We by the way, Salesforce. Sisley, who just now so you know, Salesforce is an unbelievable company. Unbelievable company. Some people hate the product, but oh, I'm no. using Relate IQ, which is the dumbed down version that they just yeah. paid quarter billion for. It's a great product. Right. Um, oh no, it, Act it, changed my life. Semantic Act in the '80s changed my life. I remember life. that. Sure. So uh, I am a big believer in contact management, and Benioff's uh, running the table. Uh, he's he's pretty much. Uh, this is who. Mark Benioff's been had a genius who's, who's, run of the table. Salesforce, his title CEO is of, CEO of Salesforce, founder right. of Salesforce. So, luckily for me, they've bought four companies of of mine over the years because I believe in customer support as big well. Big acquisition. They big spent a billion dollars on companies that I was an angel investor in, so I'm very grateful to them. Buddy Media, <laughs> Assisly, Go Instant. They've invested in Embedly, uh, on and on and on. Great, great vision for whatever they can't build, they buy. Um, which but, is a smart way to do it. Which is a smart way to do it. Here's what corporate America doesn't know. They don't know how to use these tools, right? Why are they not using the – they use the tweets when they should be using the phone. They use the phone when they should be using the tweets. They're, they're, you know what I mean? They don't have instinct. So, so well, I don't want to talk to Verizon or my airline. I want to vent on Twitter. It doesn't mean they shouldn't interrupt my vent. They should listen. And by the way, if they really want to do something, if you really have a voice, don't talk to me. Send me 10 bucks in a coupon because I'm a good customer. Or ask, Shut me or, down. Or ask Shut you why you're unhappy no, and fix it. No, never ask me why. If fix I'm a, it. How about fix, fix what's not? They can't fix of it. course they can. They but don't want to spend the money to fix it. while you're on the train. This oh, no, no. I don't expect it to be done by the time I get into the city. They're the best of the worst of Verizon. All they could say is, Verizon is a good example. Hey, if I'm complaining about this, put some guy in a train, follow that, and see where the weak spots are and throw another damn tower up. Okay, but they could send that in a DM that, hey, we heard you, but they could also in a DM or or in a message saying, Barry, I see that you know, they know that you have a lot of followers, they know you have a lot of influence, they could easily buy a service that would allow that and send you ten bucks for your aggravation. I don't want the ten bucks, I want it to work. I want the product to work the way it works in Singapore, in London. In Berlin, you go anywhere outside the United States, the internet is faster and cheaper. You should, I don't the think cell you phone service is I think you'd be happier in Berlin. I what? Think you, I think you should move. I you'd like Berlin. I, I enjoy Every time I go to Berlin, I have a great time. Berlin <laughs> is probably probably the hippest, hottest yes. city in Europe right it now. Is. It and is. has been for some time. It's also the cheapest of all the European cities outside of Greece. Yeah. So, um, But that's not the issue. The issue is you travel... A lot of America. What is the the stat? Something like one in four Americans have a passport. Mm-hmm. You travel abroad, and even though in many ways we live in a great country, we've allowed a lot of other people, a lot of other countries, to pass us. We're the first country that had this spectacular 
national highway system, yeah. which is now falling into disrepair. Listen, and everybody else leapfrogged us because they started 20, 30 years after us. Yeah. Everything we have is 30, On a relative after. basis, our two flaws are uh, not keeping our infrastructure up to speed. Tremendous. Okay, so that's number one, money wasted on that. Uh, we're not helping the poor here. We're helping everybody else. Uh, the second thing is education. Right. Uh, we're taking, I look at my kids and, and they're special kids in my opinion, but they're all thrown in the same funnel. It's a wider, the funnel at the top's getting wider and and the testing gets weirder, meaning more kids are different. We right. Kids the, have Google today. The testing doesn't well, work Well, because anymore. kids have Google today. Now, to, to have any test in an era of Google that's the same as 20 years ago is, is ridiculous, right? right? My kid shouldn't be punished for understanding how to use Google. It just changed education. Right. And they okay. haven't caught and up. But social, it, that's going to be a decade-long process. I understand. Process. But you're asking what the really big issue And then the third one is bandwidth. I don't understand how a country this great can't have the best bandwidth in because the world. Because elsewhere, and the answer is- A country is, that calls itself democratic and free right. to be trailing in anything internet Silly. is- that's Well, the answer is when you go to Singapore or you go to Hong Kong, the rule is, oh, you want to be an internet provider- these are the minimum requirements. Absolutely. And we look at that as a nanny state in the United Absolutely. States, but it's like certain things that's why could... right. Sorry, hey, listen. You're free to do whatever you want as long as it's 1 gigabyte up and down. Absolutely. Anything Get less to than it. that? Get to it. Anything less than that, we're not interested. I agree. Here's the floor. Now everybody compete with this floor. I mean, we're, not we're, that complicated. We're we're on the same page here. If you give people the tools, the, the smart people will use them and the country will explode. The Peloton situation. Everybody will There's build on the wrong. same. nothing wrong. I mean, you know, you got to watch out for the blood doping and you got to watch out for the tricks and you got to watch out for the criminals, the outliers. And you punish the outliers. You don't, you know, we live in a country where we're not punishing the outliers. Right. And we're not encouraging the Peloton. So let's so, talk about blood so doping you for know, a and second. I, and, I, and, I, and I relate everything to sports because it's pure, right? Other than the blood doping. Or the, the Peloton, underinflated balls. The Peloton has been the same. <laughs> Since the race started, right? You the the great riders figure out when strategically to break free, but the peloton is the peloton. In the United States, our peloton of internet system is behind everybody else's. Right. We behind can't the keep up. No excuse for that. And the money wasted on why is there not a San Francisco, L.A. train, a bullet train? There is no excuse. Period. They have it in Japan. Why can't they have I get it in China? Yeah, let's do it. There's no excuse. So since you mentioned blood doping, let's let's talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve mm -hmm. because. Um, you you had not a great subject of mine because I don't really well, understand. But well, I'll talk but on he, it. here's the question. So you mentioned earlier rates are at zero. Uh -huh. You know, zerp quantitative easing. The Fed has tilted the playing field. Let's bring it back to the area of your expertise. With money effectively at no cost, uh -huh. what does that do to startup investing? What does that do to startups? And how does that change the entire venture Got market? It. I think I can talk to that. That's why I asked uh, Well, I'll talk to first about the markets and my experience lately with the markets. I think it's so good that – too good, but you're not getting a bubble this time. You're getting, you're getting really weird behavior because everybody knows it's overvalued. So the game is being played to not be a 99. I don't know if everybody knows it's overvalued. Well, the smart the money question... is like very fidgety, including yeah, but myself. Fidgety for I, four I years. But that's what I'm saying. It makes it very hard even in a low interest rate environment now, for when things I to had... work. What I'm saying is the market should just be relentless. And although it looks relentless on the S&P, there's been massive rotation because everybody's mm -hmm. fidgety trying to find cheap things because it's so crazy out there. So we've avoided the bubble because everybody's pulling money out of things right. as soon as they feel like a bubble so and moving guys, them into non-bubble ideas. So it's Guys hard who have for a been in the market for 40 or 50 years, guys like Jeff Sout 
and Laszlo Barini and um, others of that. What are they saying? They've all said that this reminds them very much of the early 1980s, where you had just come off of a 16-year bear market. The negativity could be cut with a knife. People's muscle memory was, hey, every time there was a pullback and I bought it, there was a rally and I got killed. So this is uh, this is just like we're going back to the crash. But they said it took a full five, six, seven years after the bear market ended for people to wrap their head around that, hey, this is a different secular market. Even the 87 crash, we still finished the year up 1%. Yeah. And everybody used the 87, I, let me rephrase that, the people who were unwilling to accept that the bear market was over used the 87 crash as a, see, I told you. But again, they missed, they avoided yeah. the 22% drop, but missed 100% move up. Mm-hmm. I try not of, to think. I let the market get me into positions. Right. Now, the private market is interesting because companies that I was investing in in 08, a $2 million valuation, those same founders and companies are getting 10 to $12 million valuations to start. And so the math really starts hurting. You know, that 2 to 12 is 600%, you know, that's different than the market being up 100%. Sure. So, so I think that's what makes me nervous. Uh, you know, when you're investing in a company that everything can go wrong at a startup phase, right? You know, two million, sure, it might have sounded cheap, but it's still like for a company that doesn't have anything going on, like right. I'm still in my head the old guy in the industry where I'm complaining that I can't pay 10 million valuation for three kids in a room. But earlier you were saying valuation is your least important I, thing. It's, I, the, it's just an, it's just something that I've never gotten comfortable with. That's mm-hmm. why Fred Wilson is the best, and I'm just an average. So he's dude. willing to take a chance, ignore the valuation. He thinks, and, say and it's I agree. Like I did with Robinhood and certain companies, I'm starting to get more comfortable and become a better investor because if price is the only reason you do not want to do a private investment, you should do the That's investment. That's a mistake. Right. right. In the public markets, same the opposite. Thing. No, if price is the only reason to not do something, it's also a mistake because you can get liquidity the next day. So price drives everything. The next day, but that we're talking quarters and years, yeah. not- Hours and days. Sure, sure, absolutely. It, it, but that's it, a trade, not an, if you don't want to buy Google because you think it's pricey, and and your answer is, but you could sell it tomorrow. Uh, most most people these days aren't looking to day trade Google. They're looking to buy a tech company. Look at Apple as a perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know, it was seven and change. It split. It was a huge split. And here we are. We're now over that prior pre-split high. Yeah. But when you spoke to people, Apple at six fifty, Apple at seven hundred. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just I'll use it more at the private market. What if price is the absolute reason you are passing on an investment, and you really feel good about every other aspect, team, market, everything? Hold, hold your nose and buy it and and own it. Okay, um, that's a very hard hurdle for the average even good investor that I was at the beginning to get over. I have definitely learned to live with that in this What did you pass because of valuation? With Twitter and Zynga. Uh, two giant home runs. I know, but Zynga was a 20 million valuation with a poker room at the time. And what's Zynga worth today? I don't know, but I mean, it definitely was a mistake. Uh, and, and Twitter, we know Twitter is a multi-billion-dollar yeah. company. And so, but you learn. It's not like I'm perfect. Right. I mean, like I said, you know, on my if you go to my blog or if you go to my our website at Social Leverage, I'm proud of those misses. 
What am I do? They're, they're, at least I was in the batter's box. The right. biggest crime is for my investors is not to see those deals. Right. So if they pay me the two and a half and twenty, which they do, two and a half, and not even two and twenty, two and, two and a half, and, half. and that's standard in, it's, in, it's, in the in the industry. I'm in the VC. middle of our third fund raising, mm-hmm. and and you know we're we're raising capital, but I mean that is standard, right? There's certain standards. It's in the richer industry. than hedge funds. Fee structure. Yeah, I mean, because so it's not two and twenty, it's two point five. Yeah, and so the life cycles be... are ten years right. uh, of these things. It's standard. I mean, listen, if you're if you're going to write me a check for ten million, you're probably going to negotiate fees. I've never right. had that happen in negotiation, but it can happen. I assume. So those of you listening, if you got ten million for Howard, you could cut a deal. Yes. The uh, so it's good to be the Jerry picks up the difference. The uh, it, it's good to be the GP. <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, but the 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 thing about this style of investing is the Twitter. I'm embarrassed about. In hindsight, Twitter and Zynga look like unbelievable gaffes, and you could laugh at me for that. But it would be worse to not be seeing the deals. Right. My, so I you pro- got good deal my flow. My job is to get into the flow. You got good deal flow, but you looked at these valuations and said, "Yeah, a little rich for me." Well, and I and I looked at the products, and I wasn't using the products. The other thing is. I got to use the products. Twitter at the time, I was laughing at. Like, we were they on our Blackberries. Have, right. Let's remember 2007. Sure. Blackberries, market crash, 20 million valuation in an era of 2 million valuations. Right. And by the way, you could have bought Apple and Google and tripled your money right. and whatever. Not, not, uh, not, not Twitter, obviously, returns because it was a mistake. But I'm really proud because by being in the market, I caught an Uber at 4 million valuation. Right. So you have to be in the market. Meaning, I'm going to make mistakes. I didn't own it. I didn't own See, biotech, Uber and I still the, had outsized returns. To me, Twitter was the no-brainer. Uber was the harder thing to conceptualize. To me, it was a no-brainer. That's fascinating to me. Tell me why? Because when Uber first came around, it's like, wait, I'm going to use my phone to call a cab. I walk down to the street. I wave my hand. There's a cab. Tell me what made you think the Uber. magic of it. I live in Coronado, and I could just push a button, and, and a, car a car would come over the. It wasn't. No, it was twelve, fifteen minutes, right. four or five years ago. Instead of picking up the like, phone and calling a cab company, well, I don't trust the cab. I mean, I don't trust the system. You know, the medallion system was broken. It deserved Clearly. to be disrupted. You see, twenty five. They weren't investing drop. in their infrastructure, right? Okay, no, this is the problem I have with the. Listen, it's not fair. Let's talk about it right up front. It's not fair What's for not Uber fair? to. It's not fair. They're breaking some rules, and Uber's not fair at many. What levels. rules are they breaking? Well, I'm just saying they don't have their licenses. They've they've been creative, let's say. And I say this as an they, Uber they shareholder. They offer a more creative. But let's think how broken the medallion system is. You right. have one dude making all the money or one woman making all the money at the top. They're not investing in technology. The drivers are unhappy. The customers are unhappy. It's right. Everything's broken. Right. There's no trust in the system. It was due to be disrupted in hindsight. Okay. So what? Are, and then we're looking at Zynga. I'm going, I don't play mobile games. Right. Uh, 20 million is crazy. Uh, the market's crashing. And so as a non-user of the product ever, still not to this day, I, you know, it was such a leap of faith. But Mark You've Pincus, never played Angry Birds or anything like that? Never. But Mark Pincus was the outlier. I right. should have just invested in him because he was going to do anything he to be a, a billionaire. and that was it. He wanted to do anything to be a billionaire. So back to Uber. And that's so, where the people So matter. you look at this and say- Here's an entire infrastructure ripe to be disrupted. It was We've a seen four million valuation. Right. I mean, and just... New York City taxis, the medallions have dropped 25, 30% in value mm-hmm. just as a reflection of how broken. Yeah, that and, model and if is. the city was going to do its job, whoever is a mayor would step in and say, listen, we're going to train people on Uber. We're going to train people how to use their iPhones, and we're going to give people. You don't have to train people to use their iPhones. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so that's why they. Yeah, and, you know, Can Yellow I tell you a funny Uber story? Sure. So last week we're in Seattle. And I, I, I'll spare that in you the, the states. What's that? Is that in the U.S. That's in the U.S. Okay, not too far from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I'm on the Microsoft campus, which, by the way, you know I'm an I'm Apple. I'm long Microsoft. Uh, you know I'm an Apple guy. I was never a giant mm-hmm. Microsoft fan. But I'm long on Microsoft. It is astonishing. Yeah. The, the campus Absolutely. is 59,000 people, some insane number. Sure. It goes as far as the eye can see. You can get Been in the car there. and keep driving. Mm-hmm. So we, we call an Uber to get back into, into Seattle proper. The place is so big and the way the maps work, mm-hmm. because it's not like roads. Right, it doesn't have it's, mapping. So, so we had a hunt. All right, make a left. I'm on the phone with one phone, looking at the Uber with the other phone. All right, look, make a left. And it, it took us 15 minutes for the guy to find no, us. No, New York, Seattle, London, Uber doesn't work perfectly because it's oh, subtleties to the road. No, and it works in Manhattan. I've never had issues in Manhattan. You haven't had a driver that didn't know the shortcuts? No. And, Can okay. I, so one other, one other personal story. Mm-hmm. So we have a client who happens to be the guy who turns Google Maps into Google Map app. Mm-hmm. That's a client of ours. So one day I'm, someone's going to meet the office and uh, meeting us. And they're late. And I was like, how are you late? Uh, well, Google Maps sent me to, not to, so our address is a Park Avenue South address. I'm sorry, our address is Park Avenue proper, and it sent them to Park Avenue South. Right. And so where are you? I'm down on 26th Street. No, we're all the way, we're by Grand Central. Well, Google Maps sent me to Park Avenue South, not Park Avenue. Right. I said, I'll take care of it. They thought I was joking. Yeah. Send, send an email to a client. Hey, here's the issue with Google Maps. Here's the fix. They'll fix it. Oh no! It was by yeah. the time the person got to office. I go search for Google Maps. Yeah, that's why. Uh, search for address. He's like, "How'd you do that?" I go, "I got it." <laughs> Which is really a hilarious no, so, story. But, so, uh, so the key is flow. My yeah. customers or my partners, uh, the way I do them wrong is to be out of every deal. Just old batter's boxing. You got to be swinging. You got to be looking and at stuff. You got to be. I'm not swinging. happy. I made. Here's what the mistake I made with Zynga. I passed on a great founder. The right. mistake I made in Twitter was, uh, well, just price was my only reason for not doing it. It and was you, a fun and that's product. The you I was using it, and I didn't get the valuation. Although you're still not happy with the product, and you're not happy with I the way the they're running the business. Phenomenal. You're I, not happy with the business around the product. Well, I'm just, you know, they've created all these pressures. The market, the public markets, are all about pressure. You can mm-hmm. delay gratification. You can push off valuation. Amazon's done that successfully exactly. for 15 well, years. Twitter hasn't done a good job of talking to the street and explaining their vision. Uh, let's face it. But at the same time, it's an incredible product. It's an incredible company to build so fast. Right. But they're obviously having trouble living within the market cap that they've been given. They and, have to figure out how to monetize the And they the need product. to figure out how to communicate the vision better. And they haven't done that yet. Yeah. And so- So you and I can talk about But as a core stuff. product, I think it's the greatest product ever created for Twitter. guys like me. For guys like Twitter. me, for you sure. Live. I think it's- Can I tell you, I was never a very active know, Facebooker. I, it was always like- I don't care about the pictures of your kids. I don't care about your vacation. It's like everybody's the minutia of everybody's life without the wit and charm of Seinfeld. You know, yeah. that's that's so. And, and then it's the same LinkedIn pro- thing. You well, know, it's not you, a social network. You start it's to a, friend everybody, and the next thing you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's completely worthless. Twitter, on the other hand, what I love about Twitter is I get to say. I'm going to effectively hire the smartest people I know exactly. to be my research department. It's my Peloton. Uh, that's exactly it. It's completely It's a complete around. expert network. And, and But it's not free in the sense that it's just magically going to work for you. It's free. You have to invest. It, it, the investment is time, time not money. And, and curation that's a and gardening. time. And, right. and curation and gardening. Right. You get what you put in. StockTwits, which we created, was just a Peloton for finance and a Peloton of traders and investors. Define Peloton for, research, for listeners who may not be 
bike racing fans. Well, I mean, if we watch a Tour de France, which bores most people, it's because it is a peloton. Most of the time, that's just a beautiful, looks like a bumblebee. Uh, right. It looks like a hive of bees. Right. It's a tight sound. It's a, it's tight, a tight group crowd. of people, which is really hard right. to stay in if you're. Right. That's the. That's why. Right. People happen. love it. Yeah. Is because it is beautiful to see two hundred people who are so close together riding right. at forty miles an hour. Right. There is an art to that, but the art to winning the race is deciding when you're going to break free. When, when and, you're and, when you're no longer drafting. So LinkedIn is. I mean, Twitter is the greatest uh, mental and and uh, educational and mind expanding peloton. You're hanging out with the smartest people in the world and just uh, flipping the news or right. And it is your job to curate it. That's an that's an that's an overwhelming to most people. Lazy people's thing. Oh, I want this to magically work. We're in a world of Netflix no, it and takes, Uber. No, it requires where, work. And this is where Twitter could really do something interesting. I could start a business tomorrow called Twitter nine one one, and I could put five hundred people in a room and start ship and and have you call me to tell you how to use Twitter. Twitter should have had a much bigger support desk to help people get to the Peloton stage yeah. faster. Hey, I'm interested in beer. Okay, I'll send you a list in ten minutes of the five hundred people that will give you the best links. And the best brains on beer. And how hard is it that, for Twitter to set up a dozen verticals and say, if you're well, interested I mean, in this, if you're here. an entrepreneur, you should do it. Like I've often thought of starting a Twitter help desk. It just how do you prints get paid lists. with that? How about this? You charge your customers. You take, you take the daily sections of the New York Times. Yeah. So it's 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 business and investing. It's sports. Those it's metropolitan. It's food. It's theater. It's film. It's go yeah. down the list. Mm -hmm. Sports and dining and travel and mm -hmm. automobiles. Those are your verticals. Mm -hmm. You come up with variations of each of those verticals and say, hey, you follow this? Here, click this, I and agree. here are those. Yeah. You're following the 100 people in the space who cover this. We invested, I invested with Mark Cuban in a company called Get Little Bird that does that. So it's just a matter of when we execute on this. But Marshall Kirkpatrick, it's called GetLittleBird.com. And it's, you know, people are solving these problems, just not Twitter solving. Now, if Twitter buys these companies, that'll be interesting. But uh, this is this is what people don't understand about a Twitter is it's got so much potential, and that's what's exciting about it. StockTwits at the same level why why we're so excited about StockTwits. Same thing for finance. So we're gonna I'm gonna interrupt you here because you and I have been talking now for ninety minutes. Okay. We could go for another okay. two hours. I know you have places to go and things to do. So I'm gonna wrap this up, Howard. I really appreciate you coming in and speaking with us for for so long. I hope listeners can parse. Um, some of the subtleties in our conversation and actually pull something out. Uh, I've been you've been listening. I've been speaking with, you've been listening to Howard Lindzen of Social Leverage, StockTwits, and a variety of other companies. He's an angel investor and venture capitalist. Be sure and check out our previous, um, previous podcasts. If you're listening to this, you probably know where our podcasts are. They're on iTunes and Bloomberg.com. Uh, my follow me on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle? At Howard Lindzen. That's going to be tough. To, that's going to be tough to remember. At Howard Lindzen. You can follow me at Ritholtz or check out my daily column at BloombergView.com. I'm Barry Ritholtz. You've been listening to Masters in Business on Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Masters in Business with Barry Ritholtz on Bloomberg Radio.